1: too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find
0: the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Uh, we do want to break down some of these receivers and tight ends in a little more detail. I know especially with the receivers, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, and we're going to do that right now. With Matt Harmon. Matt is the co-host of the Reception Perception podcast. You can find him on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And uh, Matt, before we get into some of these individuals, just wanted to get your take on, on these two position groups. Um, I've had a hard time sort of getting anybody by trusting to say any of these wide receivers absolutely positively has to be the first one off the board. And then with the tight ends, could the depth actually work against them? And maybe more people wait until later in the first round or the second round because it does look like a really meaty group, but how many are really going to go day one?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, boys, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks so much. Uh, excited to talk about it. This draft is really exciting. Uh, so I'm happy to be breaking down this with you. On the tight ends, first of all, yeah, the the biggest question I think for teams that are, are going to think about taking a tight end in the first round is number one, as you said, Jason, the depth of of the class. Like, it, can you just kick this can a little bit down the road and maybe get somebody mm-hmm. in the second round, maybe even the third round, and also just the recent history of the of the position. Guys that you take in the first round, even if they have become good players it's not a position that you're gonna be hitting the ground running from year one or even especially from day one. Obviously, Kyle Pitts had a, a thousand yard season, uh, but he was a fourth overall pick as a rookie. So a little bit of a different tier, I think, than these guys. So that's gonna be the biggest question, like contenders like Dallas, for example, who I think need a tight end, who are, who are probably gonna be thinking about tight ends in round mm-hmm. one, do you, do you wanna go with a position that's not gonna help you when you're a Super Bowl contender this year? This year? Now with the receivers, which is obviously with reception perception for those who aren't familiar with my work is is my bread and butter and you know it's a position that i'm watching the most film on i'm, I'm charting every single route that they run over an eight game sample you know would do that who's the best guys to get an open that's really what reception perception is trying to tell mm-hmm. you i think with this year's class i'm i'm with you that you know baldy and i talked about this on the podcast as well it's not a class that has you know a top 10 worthy type of guy like i graded drake london garrett wilson chris olave as top 10 picks type that Mm -hmm. type of talent last year we don't have a guy like this year but i think actually the meat of this class could be pretty similar to like 2019 when two guys went in the first round and then we got a bunch of dudes you know but they all came on day two aj brown dk metcalf terry mclaurin so that's where I'm. I'm really interested in this class, like the the back half of the first round, early second round, seeing some of these guys come off the board.
2: Matt, have you? Can you tell us if you have stacked this receiving class from one through five? Like I have had a hard time doing that. I could. I feel like I could do that pretty well at every position in this draft, except for the receiver position, Matt. Like stack them one, two, three, hmm. four, five. This is. This is how I did it and why I did it.
1: Yeah, and, and Jason really hit it on the, the head here that receiver is in the eye of the beholder. And, and this is why, like, not you know, Baldy, not to sit here and say, like, "Oh, poor us in the media. We've got such <laughs> a hard life. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a lot harder on the outside for us because we're trying to think for all 32 teams. But if you're a team that needs a pure slot receiver, you might be much more interested in a guy like Josh Downs than somebody – like just the Rams, for example, like they have the best slot receiver in the world in Cooper Cup. They're probably not going to be, even theoretically, if they had a high pick, they wouldn't be interested in spending that on Josh Downs because they've got a a guy in Cooper Cup there, even though he's a totally different type of slot receiver. So for me, um, just like grading on pure talent, I have Jackson Smith and Jigba at the top spot because not only do I think he could be a great slot receiver, I also think he shows you the ability to beat man coverage to play as a flanker on the outside. Like he's not going to be, your ex-receiver, but I think he can be a flanker as that outside guy. Uh, So I like him a lot, very clean prospect. But I kind of think then this next group of dudes, you could kind of throw in a hat for me. I have them all in the same tier, and that's Zay Flowers, Jordan Addison, Quinton Johnson, and the aforementioned Josh Downs in that order. You know, Baldy, you and I talked about this. I love Josh Downs. I'm a big fan of his route running. Uh, I love his ability to – manipulate man coverage, both when he's working outside and inside as a route runner. I think he's just, I I think he'd be a great fit with Buffalo to replace what Cole Beasley gave them a few years ago. Maybe not in late round one, but at some point. Um, Quinton Johnston is is the toughest one. I know some people have him as the top receiver. Some people have him even outside their top five I've seen, but I do think he gives you a lot in terms of after the catch, but you've got to answer questions about his technique, some of his route running technique and his catching technique as well. Jordan Addison and Zay Flowers, two hardest ones to me to to, to sort out. Did I did I want to have Addison too? Did I want to have Flowers too? Ultimately, I went Zay Flowers number two because – you know, I think his ability to win at the catch point is incredible for for a guy that, that is that size. I also think he's great after the catch, plays with a ton of fire. And in terms of his ability to beat man and press coverage in reception perception for a smaller guy, I love his ability to win against press coverage at the X receiver position. Maybe he doesn't play X receiver in the NFL, but I think he could give you some versatility in terms of winning at slot flanker and, and that X receiver spot. With,
0: with Flowers... I found myself kind of – I don't want to say slotting, but as I did different mock draft exercises, I kept seeing – I would see him available for me with the Giants, and I almost looked at him and said, man, could that be this new regime's attempt to get what the old regime thought Kadarius Tony sort of might be but without mm-hmm. any of the issues about character or injury or – you know what I mean? What's he doing in his free time? Like a cleaner version of that.
1: Yeah, that makes a ton of sense because he gives you not the same type of ability as Kadarius Tony in the open field. I think Tony was a little bit freakier of a mover in the open field, but he again brings a ton of pop, aggression, fire as a yak player. Um, they already have a ton of dudes that are that are slot receivers, right? Like they, have Paris Campbell's been a slot receiver. Um, you know, they have Sterling Shepard is still there, even though he's obviously off and on the field. Wanda Robinson towards ACL late in the year, but he's theoretically a slot guy, so. If they drafted Flowers, I wonder, too, if Brian Dayball would look at that as, you know, he's, he's smaller than Stefan Diggs, but that separation outside the numbers guy. I also think that's why Addison would be a good fit there, too. Mm-hmm. Even though we think they've got all these smaller guys, they just need a pure route runner who's going to beat and manipulate man coverage from that probably that flanker spot because mm-hmm. Darius Slayton or or Isaiah Hodgins could be your X receiver because of the size. But, yeah, no, I – I, I like that one, too. Um, I also think Zay Flowers is probably going to be a good fit for the Chiefs. I don't know if he's going to fall all the way down there. They'd probably have to trade up for him, but I, I know they love him a lot.
2: Matt, I remember, like it was yesterday, the 2014 draft. OBJ, you know, Mike Evans. Like, there was, there was a lot of guys in that draft, okay? Mm-hmm. Sammy Watkins, I think, was the first one taken by Buffalo. I mean, it was, it was deep. But the best of all of them has been Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams was the eighth receiver taken that year in the second round, 53rd pick by the Green Bay Packers. He's been the best of all of them. You know, You can say Mike Evans, okay. You know, I mean, there's a discussion there. But, you know, Devontae, now maybe he was playing with Aaron Rodgers for most of his career, but, you know, he ran a four-five-eight, Matt, slow by today's time, uh, you know, eighth wide receiver taken, and here he is with this ascending Hall of Fame level career. Like, do you see anybody like that? Can you even go that deep into this draft and go, that guy reminds me of Devontae. Body control, release, professionalism, all the stuff that we see from him.
1: You know, uh, that 2014 class is a close one uh, to my heart because that was the, 2014 is the first year that I started collecting league-wide data for reception perception. So those guys from that class I've basically tracked them as route runners throughout their entire career. And Devontae Adams, I I think people will find this fascinating. He's got the most interesting career long reception perception profile because he actually has the sixth or, excuse me, seventh worst success rate versus man coverage score ever charted from the early portion of his career. We we remember like his second season when Jordy Nelson got hurt, he was. You know he 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 wasn't really successful as a starting receiver that year. He had a bunch of targets, but he had drop issues. And then it was kind. Of, he was at one point like people were talking about him on the roster bubble. But now you look at the last five years, Devontae Adams has like I'm talking 99th percentile, several of the top five scores in reception, perception history against man coverage. Like you mentioned, Baldy, he's become an incredible release off the line of scrimmage. So I, I've always said that I will. I don't think we'll ever find another Devontae Adams in that way that will be such an outlier going from like the first percentile in terms of being able to beat man coverage all the way to like the 99th percentile in reception perception history. But if you're looking for a guy that I think could be outside the top five receivers drafted and could end up being a really quality player, you know, maybe not becoming like a future Hall of Famer, best receiver in the NFL type like uh, like Devontae Adams is, I-, I do think a guy I really like is Jaden Reed. Uh, out of out of Michigan State Jaden Reed's not a not a bigger guy but similar to Adams in terms of his ability to release off the line of scrimmage I think he's got some of the chops to get that done like if he tightens up his fundamentals as a route runner I think he could be a really really good player probably like a little bit like Terry McLaurin coming out of Ohio State, you know, senior, a guy who spent a ton of time in school, but showed you really good makings as a route runner and contested catch player, despite not being the biggest. Um, Jaden Reed, if like you're looking for a my guy type in this draft, outside the top five, Mm -hmm. I think Jaden Reed's my pick.
0: Mm -hmm. We're speaking to, if you're on the Odyssey app, and uh, you you can't (laughs) see all the great visuals we have here, we're speaking to Matt Harmon, co-host of Reception Perception. Um, You can find him on Twitter, at Matt Harmon underscore BYB. Um, we've got you for a few more minutes. Let's pivot to this tight end class that people are really excited about. How do you tier these guys? Is there one who does something particular, particularly exceptional above the others that makes you lean in his direction?
1: Yeah, I like Michael Mayer a lot. Um, and maybe it's because I've really driven this home from the receiver position, but also from the tight end position. It, it just blocking is so important and it's so under discussed in, in, in today's NFL. Like, we, we get obsessed with these size, speed, tight end freaks, but, you know, these players who can get in line and have. And I, I don't think Michael Mayer is an elite blocker right now at the tight end position, even sure. as a collegiate guy, but I think he could function there and that might help you because it's tough man like you talked to some of the tight ends even like a george kittle you know i spoke to him at the super bowl and asked him why is it so hard for these rookie tight ends to get on the field and get rolling right away and i mean obviously george was a day three draft pick he wasn't he's not gonna go as he didn't go as high as like a michael Mayer went or is gonna go but you know george says like it's like learning two positions uh, you know and, and george had a good understanding of being a blocker but you gotta block like a tackle and catch passes like a slot receiver that's a lot that's a lot on your plate. I think the guy that could do it the best early is Michael Mayer. I, I like him as a route runner. I, even though he's not the fastest guy, I think he could be a weapon up the seam. And then I think you're looking at Dalton Kincaid, and um, I think you're also looking at Darnell Washington. Or you know, Darnell's the next guy there. I think he's a fascinating player because I mean, the size is incredible out of Georgia. I think he's he shows you some tenacity as a blocker as well. I know some teams do have medical concerns on him so that's something to watch if he falls but i think he could be a weapon as a yak player in the flats and and, and in those areas but the guy really uh, you know my my co-host at, at yahoo where i also do uh, some work there charles mcdonald has mentioned this in our in our draft podcast luke musgrave is is a guy that he really turned me on to and and is a really exciting weapon as a receiver even if he Obviously didn't play much last year. There were injury concerns there. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of guys to like at the side end position, that's for sure.
2: So, uh, when do you think this starts for the receivers tonight or the pass catchers? Do, do we see anybody? Does the Chicago Bears at nine say Justin Fields needs one of these pass catchers? Does the Tennessee Titans decide to uh, enter the, the NFL's modern passing game? and put some receivers out there like where where do you think this begins tonight matt
1: yeah that's uh that's a good way of saying it that's for sure i think that 11 is the is the first spot that i could realistically see somebody taking a receiver as the tennessee titans there um it's also interesting you know i saw pro football talk mike foria was saying that they might try to include the you know deandre hopkins in the trade package you get up to three you know that would be interesting but Tennessee definitely, if they're going to draft a rookie quarterback, like they're going to trade up for a quarterback, they're not going to take somebody. Uh, you're not, and not going to take a receiver round one. You're right, Baldy. They, they can't win that rookie quarterback out there with this receiver court. Like they they've got to get some more dudes in there behind besides Traylon Burks. But I would say eleven is probably the first one I could see it, and then you know Houston at twelve I could see a receiver. Yeah. I could also see them taking Bijan Robinson if he falls there, but. I really got my eyes on Green Bay at thirteen, and we know that Green Bay historically has not taken receivers in round one, and I I totally understand that history, but that's when they had a you know one of the five best quarterbacks to ever throw a football. Uh, you know uh, they had a, a two time MP and Aaron Rodgers the last few years. You know I could see them saying, "Hey Aaron, you're great enough to elevate these other guys. Maybe we want to have Jordan Love, you know, get some more guys around him. I think they'd be a nice fit with Jackson Smith and Jigba, even if they um, e- even if they typically like guys with more size. But the, the move up, Jason, the move up from 15 uh, to, to, to 13 the, the, there, I, I would say that that signaled that maybe they want to get ahead ahead of New England who wants a receiver. So I think that's kind of the area where I think this starts. Um, but, man, the back half of the first round, too, if these guys fall, Buffalo could use a receiver. L.A., mm. the Chargers could use a receiver. There, there's a ton of teams. And mm. even if we don't think this class has a, a, a true – stud ready-made number one receiver from from the jump there's a lot of teams that need a receiver and it's still a very valuable position
0: yeah it'll be fascinating and i wonder if some of those teams lean into offensive line over receiver you know like the jets or like uh the packers as well because um we kind of got to protect them too and uh, i don't know what comes first the chicken or the egg well matt this has been great um before we let you go why don't you let everybody know the different ways they can can follow you and find you Um, and and, you you have going on.
1: Yeah, of course. Make sure you check out the Reception Perception podcast uh, wherever you – Reception Perception, the show. Uh, wherever you get uh, your podcast, you know, we've got great partners all together with Odyssey. It's been awesome. Me and James Co. have worked together um, years and years and years, even if Baldy doesn't remember us back together at the NFL Network days because <laughs> we were just little tiny plebs back then. Uh, you know, we, we, James and I have worked together forever, so we've got great, great chemistry. It's, it's a lot of fun to do the show with James. And you can find me on Twitter at Matt Harmon underscore BYB reception perception, perception perception.com is where you can subscribe and get all of the information I've thrown out in terms of success rate versus man and where these guys win as route as route runners.
2: I I, I just don't remember very many people that just, you know, hover around the coffee pot all day. I was back in the film room getting a lot of work done back then. Okay. Uh, Again, Baldy, we were so,
1: we were so, so far down uh, the totem pole. Uh, Me, me, especially James, You know, he wore a suit. He was relatively important. I was like 23 years old and 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 had moved here from Virginia and was uh, trying to keep my head down. So I don't blame you either. And and we know you you're you're out there putting the real work in, not uh, you know doing whatever I was doing.
0: (laughs) Well, thanks for joining us uh, and and enjoy the draft.
1: Appreciate you guys. Thanks so much. Enjoy it tonight as well. Thanks, Matt. Yep. All right.